Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like... Minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through Sex in the City for the first time ever. Mostly, I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber. And man, we got a humdinger of an episode today, everybody. So uh, what's the deal with this episode? When we, when we looked it up, uh, this episode is splat. Season Here's what uh, I know. six. Yeah, go ahead. Here, see what it season six episode, episode 18. 18. And as so soon as we saw that we were doing oof. splat, you guys were both like, Ooh, it's <laughs> so like, what is it that you know that I don't? So here's what I know. First of all, I know that we're three episodes away from finishing this series and that there's so many things involved in that conversation. We'll talk about that later. The second thing I know is so many people who have, been guests on our podcast Mm -hmm. that are big fans of the show have been like oh so how do you do it what am i gonna watch and they're like well my three favorite episodes are and they're always like have you seen splat and then we get replies on twitter all the time we get we get things on instagram we get people all the time being like let me know when you watch splat (laughs) unfortunately i don't think we let any of those people know but we're we're letting them know by releasing them now yeah we're watching we're watching splat Right. We're so that that's that's what I know about it. What do, do you know anything about it, Kevin? Um, I just know that it has the name of a ni- the 1950s Batman sound effect when you punch someone. So I, I think will it's, say <laughs> I think it's based on that. I think I think they get in like a cat fight and it says like plow. Hey, Zoe. <laughs> Splat. I, yeah. Splat. I think the I think the working title was Whammo. That brings mm-hmm. up a good this brings up a good question that we've never answered. You throw all four women into a Royal Rumble type cage match. Which mm. one? Which one's coming out? Who Who <sighs> would win? Like, who would be the top? Who would be the king of the raft if they were fighting? I mean, immediately, my my thought first went to Samantha, and then it went to Miranda. I feel like those two are pretty fierce. Yeah, I think when I think when claws are out, I feel like I feel like you'd expect it if it's if it's WrestleMania, mm-hmm. you know, and it's. You know, Miranda would be the the big. She would be like the person you'd assume, and I feel like once the once the real energy came out, Samantha would would fuck anyone up. 
I think that'd be the, that'd be the big upset. And then everyone would be like, Oh, and afterwards they'd be like, that makes sense. She, she is like, she's a monster, you know? Yeah. See, yeah, yeah that that's, that's interesting. I, I think feel like it, Charlotte. Oh, go ahead, John. I think ahead, Charlotte I'm would be the underdog. Charlotte, like my, my, I would, I'm initially thinking that that Miranda or Samantha would be the headliners and, and Charlotte would be, you know, the heartbreak kid getting in there, like, yeah, like eking out a win. Mm. I think I think Carrie's going to be the one that walks out on like a Ric Flair, Macho Man, Randy Savage type like robe, yeah, robe with like the fur all around it. Does all the bravado, but I don't think she's pulling it out. Now wait, really hold on. Don't. Wasn't there? Uh, there was a celebrity death match. Uh, oh was it yeah, of the four of them, we still haven't watched it. Yeah, Kristen Davis Someone told us about, about it. it. Kristen Davis Kristen told us about and, it, and I think oh, yeah, Charlotte we have to won. watch that. That's what she I said. Dude, we just happening. we're sitting we here we're that. sitting here talking about hypotheticals when there's real world evidence of what would we're happen. Such, we're such idiots. Which fucking stupid splat, man. Oh, gets splatted. Is it weird? I mean, I feel like we've kind of covered this a little bit the past few months, but isn't it weird we're like coming to the end of this journey and it's just like, you know, it just you just go about your life, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we're almost at the end of the series. Totally. Yeah. When it hit me tonight, when Corey said three guys watching Sex and the City for the first time ever, mostly, yeah, I was like, man, we have we only got two more two more we're episodes of that done, and then it will be three guys just watching Sex and the City like everyone else, just like watching everyone it. else. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty insane. I mean, in some ways, it's funny we've we've like figured out how to. For we've like been like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do when it's over? And now we kind of like know what we're gonna do, which makes perfect sense. But just to like watch it with, you know, watch it over again like everyone else does, mm -hmm. and do other fun <laughs> stuff along the way. But it is. Uh, How do we not think about that before? I don't gonna, know. I think I think we were just going to watch, watch it, it. We're just going to watch it again. But every everyone we've talked to has watched it fifteen times. <laughs> so we're like, oh, we'll just do that. I mean, on one hand, it's like it would be really great to uh, expand our reach beyond uh, beyond just Sex and the City. But then also, I feel like when we started the podcast, people were like, "Do you really need another podcast in the universe?" And then, sure enough, it's like three years later and it's truly at the point where it's like, no, no more podcasts are needed. So I feel like the specificity <laughs> is, is I feel like, uh, I feel like we wanted to be like, how can we expand our audience? And now it's like, why do we need to expand? There's plenty yeah. more. We just need to meet, reach more sex in the city watchers, listeners. Yeah. I, I what, what I'm excited for is we we're approaching this as if we're going to watch it again and get all sorts of new revelations and, and see things in a different light and a different color. You know, we're going to watch that first episode and just talk about Capote Duncan again for 45 yeah, minutes. Again. <laughs> episode. Over it's the first rewatch. We're watching this with, with new eyes, with new understanding. <laughs> Look at Skipper. What a fucking dork. <laughs> what is he buying cereal? <laughs> yeah. We got to get someone on from General Mills and just do a whole deep dive on cereal when we talk to, talk about cereal. Dude, Skipper. I would love that. Just be like, be like, what was the branding behind Captain Crunch? You know, we need to and do like you a guys ten episode sex when you the cereal. It, wait, yeah, wait, hold on. on, hold on. Um, we actually got an Instagram that it, because we talked talked a bunch about cereal the other day, and. <laughs> Um, Ash from Instagram said, I really enjoyed your cereal tangent on the last episode. <laughs> I'm a complete cereal addict, LOL. In fact, one of my dates, first dates with my husband was a cereal picnic. 
He absolutely nice. hates cereal, but he wanted to do something special and fun for me. Aw, not the easiest That's- food to picnic with, by the way. And you guys were right on with your cereal picks for the girls. Love y'all. So listen. Wow. So Thanks, Ash. I know. And I saw that and I was like, I was like, you know what? I was like, it's look, look what we've built. People talking mm-hmm. about their intimate, intimate relationship details with us when it comes to cereal. When yeah. we just thought we started this thinking people didn't want tangents. That yeah. tangent right there touched someone's yeah. heart. <laughs> we we got another, we got uh, I would say the other side of the coin is we we got a criticism on a tangent. Oh, uh, it wasn't really a tangent. It was actually just a, a point that we made. Um, Lily on Twitter said, I was born and raised in Park Slope, and I feel like you guys are wildly off, say, Miranda and Steve are buying a brownstone in Brooklyn Heights. No way. That's that's very that's been a very fa- fancy area since the late 1800s. Mm. I should say I'd say Park Slope maybe but more likely Prospect Heights or Clinton Hill. Interesting. Interesting. And I I thought about that and I was like, you know, for for those of you that don't live in New York and don't know the neighborhood differences of those Brooklyn neighborhoods, I would say that she's probably onto something, especially someone who grew up around that that area. All right. Um I'll I would mean, agree with that. Capote, yeah. you know who Capote Truman Capote has had a place there. Truman Capote Duncan. Truman Capote Duncan. Dude, yeah, that is a I, I think she, we need to make happen. <laughs> I think she's probably right. That 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 makes but sense. You know who you know who also grew. Although this probably doesn't. I mean, I think Adam Yalk from the Beastie Boys grew up in Brooklyn Heights. I think all. Yeah, but he was he was not I think wealthier, all par- but they they he wasn't like. I think all their parents were like intellectuals. Yeah, and like Brooklyn intellectuals. Um, yeah. we got a. We also, this is a great time to say, if you haven't rated or reviewed us on iTunes, please do. We've gotten a few ones lately. They've all, they're all five-star reviews, but some of them do have criticisms, and I respect that. Ooh, I respect that, too. Listen, here's one yeah. of them. This is from CZ Kham. The episode, uh, she said, it's her favorite chat and chew group. Okay? Aww. Finally caught up and finally are able to decipher Kevin and Corey's voices. Corey, have you ever, like, no one's ever said that until we started this podcast because why would you yeah but yeah i've i've never thought about that but a lot of people have trouble a lot of people have trouble and even even when i said this i was like oh we do have a bit of the same timbre timber of our voices mm, mm. Timber? timber maybe maybe just because my voice is such a such an odd one odd one out you that. you just you described your voice early on in the podcast john as someone said that it was like you were talking through a pillow yeah one of my ex-girlfriends told me that and it really hurt me I think that's one of the meanest things. <laughs> I, I did have an ex-girlfriend tell me, though, and it was so mean. She was like, you sound just like Kevin. Like, you, you jerk. You I would be really bitch. offended if but someone But the thing told is, she, told, she had just got done talking for 20 minutes about <laughs> how horned up Kevin's voice made her. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, what? What are you my, talking about? So I've, I've been living with my parents for uh, the last couple of weeks. Katie and Harlan, our old guest, and I are, are living uh, in Wisconsin with my parents. And my parents refer to Kevin as your friend who says the F word too much. <laughs> and so we were at the dinner table and Kevin called one of us. And uh, I was like, all right, all right, let's see how long it takes him to say the F word. So we answer it on speakerphone. And he sensed immediately that we were, we were measuring him in some way because he was I- like, this is what's why because I what's called, happening? I called, and I was like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" And Harlem was just like, "Hey, man, how are you?" I was like, "Good, man." And he's like, "So, how, how have you been?" And I was like, "What <laughs> is happening right now?" 
is the and I was like, if you would, if you would have just acted normal, I'm sure I would have dropped the f bomb quite quickly. I, I I told I'm not sure if I told you this, Corey, but the last two times Kevin has FaceTimed me, <laughs> one time me I was with my mother-in-law walking, and the other time I was with my mother. Both times I showed Kevin who I was with. I was walking with my mother-in-law. The other time I was sitting right next to my mom, and the first thing Kevin talks about is just jerking off. He's like, did you hear? Did you hear? Tubin got busted jerking his ding dong on the on the Zoom, and I'm like, oh great, right in front of my mother in law. I have to mute man. it right away. Next oh, time man. I'm next to my mom. Kevin's like, what are you doing, jerking your ding dong? Oh man, I did. Uh, uh, I do want to share with our listeners. Uh, I did get. Speaking of that, I did get. Um, I did get a great review of my show in in some uh, publication, and it said uh, Kevin offers. Like most, it said like most mass, most masturbation material, um, is, is like old and played out, but Doyle brings a fresh perspective with his. <laughs> so you tell your mom that my masturbation comedy material has been lauded. It's, fresh. it's certified fresh. <laughs> certified fresh. Speaking of splat. Um, <clears throat> wait, wait, this is my question. Who do you yeah. think, who do you think, um, who do you think? Oh, I was going to ask like a, which one of the, oh, which one of the, which one of the girls would be most offended by my, by my, by my speech? Charlotte. Charlotte? Of course. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Wait, I don't you mean th- by, by how much you, like what you were saying, what John's parents said? Like, Corey, Corey I just don't have a filter, man. When you're, <laughs> when you're with me, you get the raw, the raw deal. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> And my favorite Listen. thing is your your mask just looks like a pair of women's panties wrapped it around your neck look at like all a time. Pair. Your mask Katie reminds me that. of I lived I lived in I lived in the athletic dorm uh, the first year of college, which was pretty cool for someone who is a journalism major. <laughs> but uh, but um but we were friends with like all these baseball players because they all like they all lived downstairs from us, and there was a dude who was a baseball player. And I remember, you know, the like college bunks that mm-hmm. they just have built in like metal springs. It's like a built in box spring, but yeah. ju- they look like army bunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This guy slept on the bottom bunk and tied into the top like metal, the metal spring so he could look at it every night was just a pair of lace panties from some girl. And he was just like, yeah, man, every night go to bed and look at those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that is. That sounds like that guy got laid literally one time, and that's his memorial of it. He's just like, from the one time I saw girls' panties. Man, I hear about guys like that. That was that was uh, Mark McGuire. That was Mark McGuire. Mark Sammy I went, Sosa. I, I went to college with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Yeah, I, I hear about guys like that, and I'm just like, it it would it would suck so bad to be in a relationship. Like, try to find a good guy, knowing that not only is that out there, but that's yeah. there's probably multi, there's probably lots of guys that hang uh, hang them up in there. That's in what their, a lot of the, that's like, what a lot of these guys these, on the show are. It's I mean, true. Oh, those that's like what so many of the so many of the so many of the one offs. Here, here's just, my those question. guys. We're just you know face yeah. liquor. <laughs> Gosh, um, it's hard out there. I feel so bad. I feel so bad. I know. I yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. I do. Here's my uh, question. I know. I know. We got to get to the episode, but. We, we've talked, I feel like recently we've talked about like awareness and like, John, you've talked a lot about like philosophy and, you know, we've talked about just like being aware of your current state. 
Kant. Yeah. Kant. Kant. You can't make it up. That's a philosophy book that I have. It's a little philosophy book. It's called You Can't Make It Up. But um, uh, it's a real book. <laughs> but uh, my question is, yes, it would suck to date one of those guys, I'm guessing. Would it suck to be one of those guys? Are those it guys aware enough that it just sucks to be them? Or is it just like you're just like a happy dog walking down the street? Dude, that's picking like, up an old can of beans, licking out. You don't yeah. know that you're eating trash. You're just would it be would it suck to be one of those dudes? Maybe you get a maybe as any of us could. I, I don't think the they're aware. I don't think they're aware enough for it to that's suck. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think they are you know, like ignorance is bliss. They are just like he thought he was the cool like he is probably telling his friends right now about how incredibly badass he was. To ha- that he fell asleep every single night with a pair of panties that he probably found like somewhere outside underneath a car tire and like how incredibly cool he was that he did that like well isn't it isn't it like right? anything it's like it, it's to be someone like carrie or to be is like kind of the opposite of that that it's like and in a way it's like it's fun to look up to to take these people's insights all the time, but it's kind of in a way, philosophically speaking, the mm-hmm. aware awareness is like an affliction because it literally mm-hmm. takes the, the, the ways that like a lot of people can just move through life. If you have to sit back and analyze it all the time, if yeah. imagine when you want to turn that off and you can't. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you can, if you're imagine all of a sudden you're in a happy marriage or something, maybe it's like, or in a healthy relationship, there's probably a lot of it that is like, if you, if you're not, you could be on paper in a healthy one and then you're analyzing it. And then that takes a healthy relationship into making it a not healthy one because you're like thinking about whether it's right or whether it's wrong. And so I feel like, I feel like it's similar to having a healthy body, which is like, you have to have some level of awareness, but if all of a sudden all you're doing is thinking about food and thinking about working out and thinking about how you look. That's not a healthy body. That's an eating disorder. That's body Mm. dysmorphia, but you could have a healthy looking body just by having healthy habits, but not dwelling on them. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, I think it's the, yeah, it does. I think it's like the difference between awareness and being able to be like in the present moment too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're always if you're so detached that you're observing things, it's going to, you can't enjoy it. I had a, I had a wonderful New York day today. I went to the MoMA. There's no one there. If anyone's listening, go to the fucking MoMA right now. There's like zero buddy there, zero body. But, uh, there was some times where I was like enjoying it. And other times I'm like, man, there's no one at the MoMA and I'm at the museum. I'm a museum guy at the MoMA and no one's here. And I was like, fucking just look at the painting. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, that's like, that is that I feel like some of those guys, as far as sex goes, there's probably just something great, you know, great to not having to think about it. To It's Nick. It's like Nick Kroll would always, Nick Kroll, a comedian would talk about like, he's like dumb people have the best physical relationships because mm-hmm. you're just like, I was just doing it. Mm-hmm. I was just doing it. I mean, it's much funnier when he does it, but you know, speaking of art and speaking of relationships, Petrovsky. Yeah. Let's get sex let's get in the, the city. Let's get this. We, we, listen, we've had, uh, I think we can tell that we love this podcast and we love talking to each other. 
But we're we got a splat. We got a splat. It's splat time. Is what do you guys think splat is? Because I have no we've, idea. We've, we've talked a lot about sex and jerking off, and splat seems like a great word. I I have thought, but I don't know if it's this, and it's probably <laughs> not. But I keep thinking it's like Final Destination slash End of Mean Girls Ooh. getting hit by a bus. I'm like, is someone gonna get hit by a bus? Probably not. I think it's. I think it is something. Yeah, maybe a character. I I wonder if there's something. What if Stanford jumps off the Empire State no, Building? No, I do gosh. wonder if it's like an older character or some something like rings everything into existence of being like, that person went splat. Like, what if our relationships, what if everything goes splat? Which <laughs> which would not be the, that'd be not be the nicest way to write a column. It's like, what I if our. I couldn't help but wonder, as we saw Bunny fall from the 52nd floor. <laughs> All right, let's watch the episode. We'll be back. All right. Ah! Episode 92, Splat. Alexander hosts a dinner party for Carrie's inner circle and makes a shocking announcement. Later, the death of an old party friend helps Carrie reach a big decision. And now, back to the boys. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That. Splat. I mean, there's no that like that word has to. It's like I didn't want to get too dark in the pre-show, but it's like Is that you kind of knew you're like someone's gonna die. The pre-show. <laughs> yeah, you listen to the Bradshaw Boys pre-show. Get ready for the big show coming up after this. <laughs> it's just what else could splat be besides Dude, death? I, I I I had that same feeling, and there were like yeah. times when she was walking down the street, and I was like, "Oh no, someone's gonna get like hit by a bus in front of yeah. her. Someone's yep. gonna do that." And man, it's. That, uh, I guess if you were tuning in, if you're not totally aware of the title of the of the episode, that would come as slightly more of a shock, you know. Yeah. Since we do yeah. so, that you'd be like, yeah. if you're just tuning in on a Sunday, be like, "Oh yeah, it's the show." It would be like, I thought about what? that. They did yeah. her so fucking dirty when right after it's like the snow was coming down. It was oh, winter. Dude, I was like, it, whoa. I there was a thought that I had where I was like, was that a dark comic turn? Or at this point, had the show jumped the shark? Like there's a little bit where I was like, did it jump the shark? Or was it just like I mean, they already had that one wedding that was already a fashion event. It just wasn't as over the top as this. No, I I I have a strong opinion on what they were doing. Ooh, I can't wait to talk about Ooh, it. I can't wait to get to that. Um, the, I'll give you the quick breakdown and the questions she asked. She talked um, a lot about um, questions. She quoted my boy Socrates, who Socrates. uttered, uh, is the un- unexamined life not worth living? He asked the, um, that question. And um, I guess made the statement, the examined, unexamined life is life not worth living, which he made at. Do you guys know where he said that? Um, so that it is um at his trial where he was being uh, tried for impiety and I believe corruption of youth and was uh, sentenced to death. 
splatted himself. Um, and so she, sorry, that was a huge Wait, monologue. Why, uh, real quick, just don't go down a rabbit hole, but real quick, why, what did he do that he got charged with that? Uh, he, he was, he was putting out philosophical inquiries that, that wow. the government was not comfortable with. He was making, making, uh, people question. Make a, he was making people question, think, you know, he was, the sheep were, the sheep were. Speaking up, being like, "Hey, man, don't make us think, man. Come on." So wait, dude. what about was okay? And then we can move on. Was yes. he pl- was Plato first or Socrates first? Socrates, uh, Plato was Socrates' student. Socrates actually ever never wrote anything down. Everything we know from Socrates is from Plato. Okay, cool. All right, Socrates, well, Plato, then Aristotle. That's kind of the uh, the, the holy trifecta of, of ancient philosophy. Um. Anyway, he drank the hemlock. He got splatted. Who's one more, and then we can do who, which one of the girls are the philosopher? <laughs> another, another, I mean, um, Carrie's totally Kant. I know that's a different <laughs> era. Um, that's a good question. Well, uh, I mean, Carrie is Socrates because no, 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 Carrie is Plato because Carrie's she's Plato writing, because everything, she's writing down. everything down. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then let's see here. I can okay. figure this out. Let's see. And then um, Samantha would be Aristotle because he was. He was all about examining Earth and what comes from Earth. So she was like, you know, looking at humans. And then uh, Carrie or Charlotte would have been Plato because her head's kind of in the in the clouds. Uh huh. And then Miranda would have been like, I don't know, Marcus Aurelius, like a like a judge. I don't know. I, <laughs> That's I think awesome. I, I kind of think Samantha would be like uh, like one of those like Greek uh, philosophy playwrights that like talk about like little boys peeing on each other and sex and stuff like that what about what about solomon who like who did everything in the road ecclesiastes that'd be her she's like i had all of human experience okay good anyway that was a big philosophy deep dive that was probably um inaccurate and fast forward that part but um so she asked is it time to stop asking questions and um the main plot i guess she was questioning whether or not to go to paris she was frustrated with Miranda for asking her too many questions. And then Charlotte uh, was questioning her worth when um, Elizabeth Taylor gave birth to or got pregnant with puppies. And I had a hard time pinpointing what Samantha's storyline was. Like, tied in with the, with the question thing. I guess that's, that's she, like, she true. doesn't ever question or doesn't care. I don't know. We can talk about all that. Yeah, um, I don't, that's a good Well, she was a, she was a that. mirror of, of, she was a mirror of Miranda. Yeah, exactly. Ma- you know, like... Um, hmm. What I want to talk about real quick, a couple things. that See, I think this one, there's just a lot of great scenes. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I want to talk about Martin Grable, who I consider the triumphant of uh, Bradshaw Boys. He is Bradshaw yes. Boys, the perfect Bradshaw Boys character. He's, Number he, one, he works at Bon Appetit. Corey's, Corey's place of employment. That Number two, true. he looks like a hobbit, which uh, you know is my is my is my thing. Number yeah. three, you might be thinking that he's bald. And guess like, what, like Kevin? And guess what? He's played by one of my favorite actors of all time, and also similar <laughs> to Socrates, band playwright, a controversial playwright, and and he appears in a Bradshaw Boys fan fiction story with samantha at a club called plethier oh yeah <laughs> you may remember from about 
30 or 40 episodes ago. Yeah, that He's from Pleather. That He's the guy that owns Pleather. But I was thinking about it because when she said uh, Bon Appetit, I was like, oh, there's Corey. And then when she said he looks like a hobbit, I was like, there's John's <laughs> check mark. And I was like, how's Kevin going to fit in this scene? And then all of a sudden, uh, Lexi, the party girl, is like, what's up, you fucking jerk offs? And I was like, oh, there's Kevin. <laughs> Dude, this was I seeing um seeing Wallace Shawn in this was yeah. I think someone told us a long time ago, but I you know you forget and then mm-hmm. it happens. Just one of the great actors of all time. I mean, this dude this dude he's the T-Rex in Toy Story. He's like mm-hmm. one of the great New York people too. Like they probably like he hangs out, he's been in Chelsea for years. He's just like around Chelsea and I feel like he plays a food critic here, but I feel like that's him too. He's at yeah, a par- yeah. he's at New York dinner parties, eating cheese, telling yeah. people about pasteurization. I mean, Crushing I will say cheese. when he said that, when they said Bon Appetit, of course, I was like, oh, wow. And then when he started talking about raw milk cheese and like how raw milk wasn't allowed into places, I immediately flashed to like me at a couple parties talking about like how I made my own kombucha scoby. And I was just like, oh, man, dang. What is it like to have a conversation with that guy? Wait, Corey. Wait, Corey. You at a party going deep into some weird food thing that no one cares about? Inconceivable. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a what a long walk to get to what I was thinking of doing five minutes ago. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. How am I going to get there? Inconceivable. Did we did it. We did Dude, it. I mean, do you? Yeah. Uh, is it? Is he, do you think there, uh, it, it was kind of a sad ending, which I guess, listen, this is the girl's point of view. Yeah. But it's like, okay, he's short and he's bald. It's like, sometimes they kind of flip the script and that did have a sad ending that it, she's just like, oh, this is all I can get. But it's yeah. like, I don't know. There's something about him that it's like, I feel like they've kind of gotten better at being like her being like, yeah, he's short, but like, he's actually not short down there or something that it's like. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that there was going to be something where it would have had a sweeter twist on it to where it was just like, where it was like, you know, sometimes in New York, people are short in stature, but long on love. Like yeah. There was just some sort of yeah. thing where it was like, Instead you know they what? See, they like, did find each other and like it made her let her guard down. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. There was part of me that I wondered. I, we're also guys. So maybe girls are just yeah. like, hey, that's what it's fucking like if you're 60 or however old Candace Bergen is in that. It was dark. Yeah. It was intense. She's in her, she's it was in her the whole episode pool, had a lot of darkness to it. Like, yeah. And I don't know if they were trying to get a dark one out, if they were just like, hey, we're getting the series. Go-. Like, because even her <laughs> with her death, there was so much. Did you read the headline? It was like it was like party girl makes her final exit. That yeah. was the New York Post headline. And well, it was just like, and then they had the the dog using that same newspaper yeah. as like what it peed box. on and, you know, had its litter on. The, this is where I think, this is what I think they were trying to do is I think they were very purposefully showing her fall out of a building and then they weren't jumping the shark at all. I think they were like, guess what? Like life goes on. Your friends get married. People move away. People die, babies are born. That's fucking life, and okay. and 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 I think that it was like it's ramped up a little more that you're like, wait, were they trying to do this because it was a lot? But it's like mm. they did it in their way that they can handle that. But I think it was definitely just everything was just about the not futility, but like the 
ephemeral nature of life that it's like it's here and then it's gone and at the end of the day no one not no one cares and it doesn't matter it's like it is what you make it and it has the meaning that you give it and it's here and it's gone if you want to do coke you can do coke if you want to stay in new york you can and it was like not nihilist it was like whatever the hopeful version of nihilism is that it's like it's all over no matter what you do so make your make your choice and live your life that doesn't sound super helpful it's <laughs> by saying it's all over well, i agree is, with you though well like, i think that's realism yeah so that's, that's what realism I'm it, 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 whatever it's whatever the yeah that's that's life i guess is what i mean no it's realism i just said that um no no i mean i think i agree with what you're saying and i think that they are in they're in the place of trying to kind of like grow them through as many things near the end of the season it's like samantha has cancer now samantha tried to lighten the mood by being like does anyone want to talk about cancer mm -hmm. they yeah. have like the weird lunch discussion um i think that I, I i i actually really agree with what you're saying i do think it's and we we've been all of us have been in New York long enough to have had some crazy and tragic things happen to people yeah. around us. Yeah. Um, I do think there is a little bit of a thing that when you look at it from a realist standpoint, you're like, dude, listen, things go on. Your friends move away. People can't get pregnant. Someone falls out of a 42nd story window at a party. It just happens. I know. But what, and then that, they go to the funeral. And that just is make because fun of her the she whole time. chose she chose to be the party girl. She's like in a bathroom doing coke. There is something that is like, that's why no one took it seriously, because she didn't take her life seriously. At a certain yeah. point, it's like, hey, you had the 80s. You're, you know, it's not, it's not like the, it's not like Aiden fell out and it's just like, whoa, you can do everything right and make the best, you can make the sturdiest furniture ever, ever. But that would you, be this building. That, you imagine, that, that's, you real life, that's real life right there. Real Aiden life is out. you do the sturdiest furniture and then you fall out the window. That's real life. Could you imagine how fast he'd get turned Samantha. upside down, though? His head would just pull that weight so fast. There's no, ch <laughs> there's no chance of him landing on his feet. What if he went to, like, a fall, and then all of a sudden he just started floating up, and his head just started getting... <laughs> he starts floating away like Carrie. What if Carrie fell out, and then she floated away like the end of the episode in, in oh, season two? I had a question. Well, I'll get that in a little bit when we talk right, about I want to talk Carrie. about the dinner. I want to talk about the dinner party scene. So okay. um, okay. One, okay. Of the great, one of the great yeah. scenes of all time. Oh, so, so. good. So, dude, if I ever have a dinner party, I want Steve there. First, first round, first pick, Steve Brady. Talking about Billy Joel. Stepping, in, stepping on landmines when there's an awkward conversation. Bringing up the piano, asking to play some Billy Joel. Um, so Carrie and um, and Petrovsky have a dinner party. They invite all their friends. Um, uh, Willie's there with his boyfriend, and I'm man. I think Petrovsky really shit the bed at that dinner party. Like, if you have all of your significant friends over, you got to put on, like, you got you to gotta step up to the plate. And even if you're not, a, like, a social person or if you're not a, like, super outgoing person, like, you still need to woo your significant friend. It's on you to make a good impression. Yeah. You just sat there like a lame-ass duck. I was so unimpressed with him. What do you guys think? I, 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 this goes back to the thing that I've said about Petrovsky as we've talked about him is that I agree with you. However, if he is showing who he actually is, then it's better in the long run because he's actually being himself. 
Now, if he was like, I'm like, not I disagreeing think, with that. I, I'm just thinking, I'm like saying like, like, yes, you are absolutely right. But I like, but if you, if you love this girl and you, you want to keep person, her and you want to impress her friends, then yes, I agree with yeah. you. You gotta, you gotta do the thing. Like you gotta, that's what you do in a relationship is you're like, I mean, otherwise like don't throw a dinner party. Speaking exactly. of someone who we've talked about that, you know, works around food. There's a reason it's called entertaining. Like you got to entertain people. Like it's, it, I think that he could have done more than just like sit at that table and, you know, look like some medieval king who was like disappointed for having a thing at his, you know, castle or whatever. I think they did a pretty good job at showing that he wasn't outright trying to be rude, although he was. But I think so it you just think, showed. So you think he was rude? You what? Do you think he was rude? I think I go back and forth because I see what you're saying. And I also see that I don't, I think their point was not to show that he's rude, that they are, they are different. They are different classes. They Mm. run in different social circles. And so I can totally see how, if you listen to classical music, no matter how he responded would be disingenuous. If he's like, no, no, no. Tell me more about Billy Joel. It's like, like, there is a polite thing. Like, how many conversations have you had that in your head at a dinner party, you're just like, why am I having, I'm like, I want to fucking yeah. blow my brains out and like leave. So I don't want to totally, like, do I think they should be get together? No. Yeah. Do I think that he's a person that's like, no, I, I don't know Billy Joel. And feels, because he's at a different like class, he's like, I'm not interested in that either and I'm not going to feign that. So, I would be not a fan if my friend was dating him, but then I would also not hold it against him because he normally has dinner parties with people that are higher class. I don't know. I've been, I'm the person at the dinner party. Are you speaking class in terms of levels of high, high classness? Cause I mean, you got to think like you're, you're looking, I think it's, I don't know if there's, I mean, you got to think like, I would say some, Yes, he's a famous artist. I don't know. I, I don't think, think class has if, anything to do with it. I'm, this is not a humble brag, but I've I've had a dinner party with a person worth billions of dollars, and we had the best time shooting the shit, drinking German beer. Like, and I I also think that some of the people at the party had a lot of money, and I so it's, it's different social circles. I think. Well, then what what's the is. what is the word for hot? Not like. Also, you can be a billionaire and like hang out in low-class places like he his yeah, whole garth world brooks wrote is, a song about it called i've got friends in low places <laughs> I, I just think like i think that, i think his behavior was like he can't act like that and have carrie defend him and get upset with miranda that's where i'm getting at like yeah miranda was 100 percent in the right and good for her because that is like we've talked about this before that had to be like the hardest thing in the world to do to the point where like Carrie like walked off and got frustrated, but Miranda was just on it like she sees, like she saw it. Miranda went to that dinner party, and sure, maybe she didn't ask her ask Petrovsky any questions, but I think it's on him at that point. It's on him to be like, I am the person that your best friend deserves. And or or he should be like, Carrie, I'm not a dinner party person. I don't want your friends to come ever to my house and do mm-hmm. this yeah. like ha- having all of your significant friends over and then just sitting there 
like a dismissive, pompous um, dickhead to me was like, I was so thankful for Miranda to, to check Terry against the boards a little bit right there. I, this is what this is where I would parse it. I would say there's a difference between her friends. He could have shown more interest in her friends, and he has no obligation to engage in dumb conversations about Billy Joel because they do kind of show Steve and those people as being like they need to up their game if you're going to that place. Like I do, that's where I think like throwing him a bit of a bone. I do think that if you had dinner party number two then it's like, you know, like, or if he had a big one, like it would, I could see them film another episode where he has an art opening and Carrie is like, Steve can't come. And then it would be like, why? And then they could fight about it, but it'd be, be, be like, because he's going to embarrass me in front of this. And then they could have that out and that'd be really interesting. But I do think that like, they didn't bring their, their, they were just themselves, but they didn't bring their A game to the conversation either. And he just didn't, have you know he didn't engage on that level i think you know, it's not a good mix of yes. people and i think it's further i mean it's clear that it's showing that him and carrie are not a good match yeah and i mean i think and i, I they do an interesting thing of like the show does an interesting thing of being like showing the viewer that like you could sit and hang out with these girls yourself and like they're probably a little different than you and they might run laps around you, you know, with fashion, but they, but like at the end of the day, they'll, they're just normal like you. So they, they, I feel like the show is kind of built like that, mm -hmm. even though those people wouldn't necessarily, which, you know, I do think like it, I, I would venture to say that like there has been a time that each one of us has been out with some friends in New York after you've lived here for a while and someone has come to visit who is like, I've never been to New York before. Like my mind's blown, you know, whatever. And they've been like, I just want to go out. And you've kind of been like, like, Oh, it's like first time someone's like first time in the city doesn't really know how to, ex what to expect. And you have just been like, all right, like you've been cool. Same mm -hmm. thing of probably like us going to a, you know, I mean, look at any of us going to travel in another place and you're mm -hmm. a total mm -hmm. tourist, you know? I think they do a thing where they, they paint the girls to be that. To yeah. be people that are easy to be around and are gracious. And they're painting right. Petrovsky to not be that. I think Also, so, most of the people he hangs out with are stodgy art world people. So well, they're not right. his like, friends. Or a, is, he, he, didn't, he, he didn't call them his friends. He yeah, he doesn't really Tom, have any friends right? here. I think also it's kind of on Carrie right now to be herself he's being himself so you don't like him he's kind of rude i agree all that stuff but i guess i give him some credit because he's being himself and carrie is the one that is holding back she was the one that wasn't herself at the dinner party so it could be up to her in her carrie bradshaw way to just be like be like he doesn't like billy joel he's like into blah 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 which she would on a normal date except i think she's caught up with what is my life going to be? Do I go here? Mm -hmm. Do I have to impress him? And that's not good for a healthy relationship, but I could totally see the fact that he's being himself, but she sees something in him. If she was able to just be like, he's in the, he's a pretentious person in the art world and like tickles him a little. And he's like, haha, okay, I broke it. I think they're at this impasse of him being a kind of stodgy 
pretentious dick and her not being herself and not even attempting to shake him out of that, which then if she was like, maybe that would be a good relationship, but she's caught up in like the fucking ultimatum he gave her. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I yeah. found something interesting when we were talking about the different storylines. Uh, I said, I don't really know what Samantha's storyline was. And Kevin, you said it's the mirror of Miranda's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Miranda's storyline was had an experience with Petrovsky, um, didn't like the way, didn't care for him, but more importantly, didn't like the way that Carrie was around him. She didn't laugh. She wasn't light. She wasn't Carrie-ish. So on the flip side, Samantha was one that said, I have no business judging you. If you're happy, then it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you're with. Like it's your world. When we leave, it's, it's about you and him, and I have no right. right judging that. I relate and appreciate Miranda because I'm like, that's a good friend. Um, Miranda or Samantha? Miranda, because she's Miranda. like, she's okay. Miranda's like, I am your friend and confidant, and you are not acting like yourself, and yes. that's a problem. But on the other hand, Miranda, Samantha is just like, I accept you. Do what you want. I'm not going to judge that. And I could see people saying that that is also a good friend i'd be curious to see who you guys identify with and would say was like who who do you think did a better job friending between the two of them Corey, do you know who it is or do you have your opinion <laughs> do you know the right answer no i was wondering i was thinking if you know no, what, I, I, if you i'm know, thinking i don't know yet dude, it could be thinking. martin grable and his and his unpasteurized cheese inconceivable okay um, I have mine. I was if Corey had his right off the bat, I would I would see if we could say it at the same time. But I don't have mine. I'm hardcore Samantha with this because I knew you would be. I that's totally so interesting because that's be. not you as a person. Because what? Because that's not you as a person. I, I have sat. I have been present where you've told people that you don't like their girlfriends. I know. But I want to hear is, you. I, this is what I. This oh, is what no, I know. Actually, yeah, yeah. No, never mind. I. Listen, I, I said that, that about Katie, but you guys have made it through. <laughs> I'm just no, I was going to say you were hardcore Samantha. Sorry, not I mean hardcore Miranda, not Samantha. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I have tell, done tell that. Me why? Yeah, but I will. I will say this. And it's been beneficial. People have then thanked you later and been like, "Thank you for being the." What'd one you just person. say? Thank me when? Later. Exactly. That's why I think Samantha is correct. Every friend wants to be Miranda. You want to be the person that they do it she's gonna have to go to paris and fuck things up in order to learn like you can only be there as like a place marker later when somebody when somebody and then you as the friend have to not be i told you so you have to be like i just love you like and so i think all of us i think almost every human being is typically miranda but i think samantha is the right thing because no way, man. I think it's way easier to be Samantha and just be like, it's your I think life. It's, I'm not going to well, interject. Well, it's so much harder to be Miranda and be like, this person is bad. I don't like them. I don't like the way they make you. Because when Gary inevitably goes to Paris and probably comes back, she's probably replaying that dialogue in her head when she's with him. Not, I mean, Samantha is like, it's, I like that she's non-judgmental and I like that she just lets her be her. But like, it, Miranda is the one that is saying, this is what I'm seeing is wrong, and I have to say that. that to me is you. I I talked to a friend. 
Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll keep going, and then I want to say what mine is. I I think that the perfect thing is a mix between the two. The yeah. the 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 one time that I was the most in a Miranda Same situation Miranda. where I was telling my friend, I I literally gave them one. I was like, you have to go do what you want. This person's shitty towards you. And also, I gave them one piece of tangible advice that I was like, that I was very aware of. That I was like, I can't be the one to tell you. You're not going to listen to me. Just don't do this one thing. And that is going to affect, like, I, Miranda, in Miranda's doing the same thing, I guess. So, which is like, don't give up your job. Don't give up your life. Don't do this. But I do think it is like a lesson that everyone has to learn. There's like a few things in life that, that are hard and fast. One is like cocaine is a risky drug that will (laughs) uh, make you do things that are maybe not the greatest of decisions. And that can create a, a unchangeable consequence. Okay. When my parents sat me down to tell me Santa Claus was not real, they were like, also, also cocaine is a risky drug. Yes. That was also such a great thing. That's like, do people do cocaine anymore? She's like, Oh, fuck off. And then it's like, well, that's why. But there's also like, there is a world in which lots of people would be in Carrie's situation. And then she finds a better life for herself in Paris and is like, you know what? I was actually, I spent fucking six years writing this column complaining about love. What if she made the entire switch and her life changed and she's a different person? There's going to be lots of people in your life and anyone's life that don't want you to see you make those big swings and make those big changes. And so that's where she has to see that for herself. Miranda was 100% correct. So was Samantha. And it just all depends. We know as viewers, we know that Miranda is correct. But when it comes to application of everyday life, Samantha is more correct that you have to be free to make those decisions and then do the best you can and be more open to the pandemic, I think, has shown people this. Like, you can't just be like, I live in New York. It's like I've seen lots of people move away and their entire lives change. And being closing your worldview to be like, I'm Carrie Bradshaw. I'm a writer. I live in New York. Like, I think it's going to be really healthy for her to allow herself to do this. And I think there's a little bit of judgment in Miranda. That's my thing. A little bit of judgment to not see her spread her wings when she needs to in order to move on to the next chapter of her life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I think the way that I would have handled it is I think that I agree with Kevin. It's a mix of both. I think in situations that I've been in, I mean, you both know me, I will generally go way softer and probably too soft sometimes. I feel like the times that I've given someone advice and have felt good about what I did afterwards was to, I think the thing is to hear the person out and then say, okay, listen, I I just want to like let you know that this is my concern and then address that to them. It's just being able to be open with everything, but I don't think there is a right and wrong in that sense. Yeah. Because I do think I do think life is circumstantial and I think that in a situation like this you're dealing with I like I think what Kevin's saying is true, you're not just dealing with is this the right guy? Is it the right, is it the right decision? Is it, it's you're dealing at a point in time. And I think like a lot of us have had friends recently with pandemic and stuff that have moved out of New York 
or that have made big changes or whatever. And there's so many factors that go into a decision. And one of those is timing and one of those is growth. And the thing I was going to say is I, I, I talked to a friend. Um, I talked to a friend one time. He, he, he's a relationship counselor and he was talking about breakups and we were talking when I was going through a bunch of relationship stuff. And he was like, I was just waiting for him to tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah. And I kept waiting. And we were getting a beer. We were talking about it. And probably a half hour in, he goes, yeah, man. Um, so I'm not going to tell you what to do because uh, usually what happens is I tell people that. And um, I like really put my foot down and I'm like, you guys shouldn't stay together. And six months later, those people get married and they hate me. And then uh, the other ones, uh, I tell them they should stay together. And then they stick together two years too long. And it's terrible. And he was <laughs> like, so I think you kind of just got to play things out. And, um, and, he, and But his thing was, he was like, you really got to embrace the hard truths of things. Yeah. And I think, and he was right. And I think the hard truths of this are i think you're right like if carrie's blindly walking into something terrible then she will have to live that out and she will be better for it later you know you just you you don't know like maybe the girl maybe kristen johnson falling out a window was a metaphor for what's about to happen to carrie Mm. and that part of her life's going to be over you know who knows i i think in general too it is just a it's a really strong question to have at the end of this series that started when they began it was just like dating in New York City. And they had no idea where they were going to end. And I do think that this is a very, very uh, deft. Does that mean deep? Deft means like skillfully placed, I think. Deft, yes. De- yes. Um, it was a very <laughs> skillfully deep. No, it was like a way for them to be like, here's the reality. Like after you go on all the dates, after you have all the fun experiences, then guess what? Like people get houses and they have kids or they move somewhere with like a a famous artist. Some of them die. Some of this, like you just like, it is like a very intense episode of just being like life changes and it'll be different no matter what you do. It'll be way different when you're 45 than when you're 25. Yeah. Um, and, I think this uh, was, it was it was symbolized by the falling in the snow. I think was this the first time that we saw snow falling in the city in this in this show? yeah death. Anyway, was um, that the first time we've seen snow in the show? Maybe um, not first time, but it was definitely our, sp- our hey. pregame. What do you call it, Kevin? Our pre-talk? <laughs> yeah, our pregame. <laughs> the pre-show. You call our it the pre-show? Our pre-show went went long, so hey, we got to wrap it hey, up. Hey, I but we were in the green room to, earlier. Before we get to the post show, I just want to ask you one question, and it's a yes or no answer. Okay. That final scene, going down the poet's walk in Central Park in the snow, was that real? Yes. Yeah, I think he did the most romantic thing ever, and I, I, I guess I put it credit to them that there was there were some certain jarring things, but I think they worked. That it was like. It was so jarring to be like, oh, it wasn't just a thing. It was like an, such an overly dramatic thing that it's like, who the fuck is this guy? You Kevin, think you Kevin, want I have, this guy? I have, a, I have a yes or no question for you guys. Yeah. Okay. Kevin, you said you said bringing roses or flowers to a first date is creepy. 
Mm-hmm. What about a horse-drawn sleigh ride down Poets Row in Central Park on the first date? Yeah, if you're not, no, no, no. It, it, you could be five years happily married to someone, and if they do that, it's still creepy. That's <laughs> that's how. I would say it's it is creepy unless you are Santa Claus. Was it real? Yeah. Nah. Corey says no. All right, let's let's do. Wasn't real. Let's do Cosmo ratings. (laughs) Okay. You guys got them. Yep, got them. Three, two, one, four point four seven five. Four point five. Four seven five. Four four point five. It was a really great episode. We got some of the most dynamic chat and chews we've ever seen. We got dinner party chat and chew. We got brunch chat and chew. We got girls laying on bed doing post dinner chat and chew. We got mm. chat and choose by fires. We got chat and choose all over the place. Super fun episode. All a bunch of great characters. Everyone was getting in there, except for Aiden and Big. Like we had, we had the whole cast. It just felt really fun, really great. Um, I I loved um, Martin Grable. I love that character. I love that dinner party scene. Um, and uh, it just the, the falling out of the window was it, it got me it was it was um it was silly and the jokes afterwards were cheeky and fun and everything i like in a sex and city episode highly recommended 4.5 splat 4.5 splat i say first of all one thing they haven't truly covered was just like a, a great new york post headline so that was mm. solid <laughs> um and uh yeah, New York Posts founded by Alexander Hamilton. You know that? Um and yeah, I thought it was great. I loved the themes, I loved the questions, I loved the um I, I'm I'm glad we didn't get too far into judging like who had a storyline, because it's like the lead character is Carrie Bradshaw and they kinda don't I'm glad that they kind of had the characters have different opinions about Carrie's life. Yeah. It, rather than it just being like, that'd be better than if Samantha's just like, I've started sewing and I'm making my own wigs and I started a wig store, you know, like just something that it seems like shoehorned in or something. Because um, it gave him a little more time to just uh, meditate on this question of like what you want your life to be about, which is, I think, yeah. why a lot of people resonate with this episode and why I think I did. That is like, man, like, what I said like a lot there, sorry. Um, what do you want your life to be? You know, yep. you have Carrie has control over that. She can go to Paris and like have this new thing and have a thing that you would think she would want. That seems a perfect life in her Carrie Bradshaw fifteen year old um diary. You know, it's almost what everyone would want. I do think it's hilarious that um that basically what that is is what um what Emily in Paris is and people just don't seem to like that show at all. It says there's, this is a quote from, uh, from Sarah Jessica Parker, Carrie, and it says they weren't really into the American girl in Paris angle. Yeah. And I was like, I remember when I saw that, I was like, that's Emily in Paris. That's, that's the audience's response to Emily in Paris. But, but yeah, I just like that. They're meditating on just like, who, what is your life going to be like as everyone's getting older? You're just like trying to figure out how to be happy, you know? And, and I think it just shows like, don't do Coke. I love the anti-drug message of this. Yeah. Um, I, I gave it a 4.75. I was in my head thinking 4.5 and right before we called it, I just made up for lost time. 
said four seven five. We got two left. What am I, what am I going to do? Go down? Get out of town? Uh, went up. I think it's interesting that the show is start. It, it's not a surprise that they did the movies just because it's such a big show. But like these episodes are starting to feel more like movies. Like just, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. even the way the stories go, they feel less like a TV show. Yes. And um, and um, I I just thought it was good. Some uh. It's not even that there were great fashion moments. It's just that everything kind of feels a little more glamorous. We got Wallace Shawn. We got that awesome dinner scene. Loved some subtle acting from Smith where they're talking about the vibrator thing. And he was like, that was very respectful or whatever he said about her, like not using it. Like you just Harry did some great subtle acting in that scene. Harry Mm -hmm. did some great subtle acting. You just got a lot of good ensemble in this. Um, I mean, that's the first first time we've ever seen all, like that was like the gang. Oh, yeah. yeah, all you the know, guys are cool. together. Yeah. yeah, it was great. So yeah, four seven five thought it was really great, and and think it's really teeing us up for this was this was I would say the penultimate episode of the wow. series. Yeah, because I think the next two count as one episode. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and that that Miranda Carrie fight was a fierce way to go into Carrie's so leaving now. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you haven't already, um, give us a, uh, a comment on iTunes. Uh, if subscribe you hear to our more Patreon. Shenanigans, subscribe to the Patreon. Follow us on and, Spotify. Uh, it's $5. It's $5 a month, and mm. you get way more Bradshaw Boys. We go deep dives. And there's I mean, how many episodes that we already have, like a bunch of episodes up there, and we're putting up. Um, there's 600 episodes on the Patreon. <laughs> we're putting Just up kidding. there's there's 15. And we're putting new ones up all the time, so if you're like, "Oh man, go on there. I think they're they are just as funny and yeah. we deep dive into all kinds of stuff." So if you're enjoying any of this discussion, get on there and support us so we can support you through laughter. Final thoughts. This is the most I've disagreed with Carrie's column. Never stop questioning, never stop examining. Uh, ask questions about yourself and your life. Live the examined life. We love you all. Later, taters. Later, taters. Later, taters. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at thebradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.